Good morning, duelists. It's your boy Fenyo. This is the Early Prelims podcast. Monday morning, as it is supposed to be. And there's a lot to talk about this week. Um, three events last week. I uh, didn't watch all of it, but I'm going to talk about what I watched. Uh, a lot of fine announcements and a very good main event next week. So a lot to talk about. So let's get into that right now. So first of all, uh, there was Bellator and PFL at the same time. Didn't watch a lot of that. Caught uh, a few PFL fights. Nothing, nothing great. But then I switched to Bellator because obviously Bellator had the best fight of the week, the most important high-level fight, and it was not the main event. It was the co-main. Uh, so, so yeah. But let's let's begin from. Let's begin from the top. Uh, there was a lot of Postlim fights. I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah. Main event was uh, Badim Nemcot versus Joel Romero. Romero looked pretty old. Uh, almost zero volume. Nemcot, for his part, looked pretty decent. I thought he fought a super safe fight. But when he got uh, Joel hurt, uh, I'm not sure if it was the second or third round. But you gotta give it to Nemcot, he went for the finish. Not a great finisher, at least like Romero's defense, defense threw him off and he was careful about it because obviously it is Romero. Uh, on the fifth round, Romero decides to go for it. Uh, tries to get a flurry of punches. Gets a takedown from the clinch, a very slick trip. And then dominates from top position from, for the last minute or so. So, so yeah, and Enko wants every round except the fifth against uh, like a 70 years old Joel Romero. It was crazy. Uh, not a very good fight. And Romero didn't do shit. But yeah, I'm not sure if Romero is retiring. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if he retires now, I'm okay with that. A very good fight. One of the best to never win a title. So co-main, the reason why I watch some Bellator, um, Sergio Perez defended his Panama title against Patricio Pitbull, a uh, former lightweight and featherweight champion, a current featherweight champion, I think, for Bellator. Uh, so yeah, um, so some things to notice. Uh, I think Pitbull looked good at 135 uh, physically. Uh, he lost uh, quite a bit of muscle, so the, the cut wasn't huge. Was very surprised to see that uh, Patricio has does not have a big frame. Like obviously he's like five five, uh, but he does not have a a, a big frame. I, I was expecting him to look a, a lot thicker than Pettis is, and that was not the case. Uh, Pitbull looked to be... The, in fact, I, I think Pettis has like a bigger natural frame, but I think Patricio has like like bigger joints, like probably has larger hands, like thicker bones, but but yeah, Pettis looked like to have like a wider back, um, longer arms, longer legs. But yeah, I mean, they, they look pretty comparable in, in, in size inside the cage. Obviously, uh, Patricio packing a bit more muscle and being more lean than Petty, so he was overall the bigger guy inside, but it was not a crazy 
difference in size in any way. Both guys the same height. So when it comes to the actual fight, I'm not talking about it, the, the dudes. Um, I thought it was a very good fight. A lot of people thought it was boring. A lot of people thought Patricio looked bad. I disagree with that. And I'm not saying this as a Sergio stan. To be honest, I, I thought Patricio looked very good. Um, he looked fast, decently fast. Uh, Sergio was the, the quicker guy of the two. Uh, but Patricio did not look like super slow. He didn't look like he didn't have his his reflexes there. Like like Aldo, the first time that he cut down to one to one thirty-five, uh, Patricio's chin looked to be there. A uh, few sketchy moments, but but I mean, it wasn't like he was getting hurt by nothing. He, he actually ate a lot of good shots. Uh, his durability and his conditioning looked pretty good too. Pettis go uh, went hard to the body a lot during the fight. He didn't look super tired. Uh, Pettis, for his uh, his side, he looked very, very good here. Uh, so uh, he looked quick. He looked relaxed as the fight went on. Uh, so this was always going to be an interesting fight because Pettis obviously a very good jabber and Pitbull very good with the cross counter. And, and yeah, Pitbull was like timing the cross counter, but he was not fully committing to blasting Sergio with it. Uh, at the beginning, he was like going with like very like tappy like cross counters, like testing the waters for it, I, I guess. He was uh, maybe a bit unsure about going like full power on it or selling out in it because of Sergio's speed. That's something that Ryan Wagner said uh, during the fight. I, I agree with that. But yeah, but uh, but Sergio was also like doing a good job of of hiding behind his shoulder with his jab and not getting caught clean, uh, like behind the ear on the on the side of the head or on the shin with the cross counters by Patricio. Uh, Patricio looked like Patricio tried different stuff um, during the fight. I'm not sure what was the game plan moving into the fight, but but he started the fight. Like very flat-footed, planted. I think he wanted that like uh, counter knockout probably with the cross counter. And as the fight went on, uh, Pettis was like moving side to side. He uh, he was fainting. He was probing with the jab and adding kicks. So he, he was making it difficult for Patricio to get his reads. Patricio eventually tried the bouncy karate footwork to get like more like in and out movement on Pettis. And then he tried to pressure as well as the fight went on. It was a fight with with a lot of adjustments. It wasn't that high on action. Though I thought they fought at, at a pretty good pace, especially for a very like tactical fight. Uh, Pettis started doing great work like when he got his read with the jab. Uh, when he like when he realized that Patricio wasn't countering, he was doubling, tripling with the jab, following uh, Patricio, taking angles around him and putting combinations together. Sergio's hands look super fast on this one. He was putting beautiful combinations, body, body, head, head, that kind of stuff with the hooks. Uh, he was trying to catch uh, Patricio a lot with the head kicks during exits of combinations, but Patricio always with the high guard, very responsible. Uh, one big moment for the fight was Patricio, I think it was at the end of round two or three, three, I think. Uh, Sergio catches with the wheel kick and he clips uh, with the 
like with the with the ankle, but reaching on the head, uh, with a glancing shot. Uh, but uh, Pitbull gets a, a little bit groggy. Uh, Pettis goes in for the finish, but it was too little. Uh, it was too late in the round, so not sure if say by the bell. I think Patricio recovered very well, and that that's all the thing that I think like you cannot blame Patricio for getting Kevin Rock, but a super quick wheel kick to the head. Like come on, dudes, Patricio looked good here. Uh, maybe the approach could be better, but I, I think he tried a lot of adjustments. It was a very, very good fight. Uh, one of my favorite performances of the year by Sergio. Going to be writing an article about this. So, yeah, look out for that. Uh, thank you for the reception about the, the Danige article. Uh, I had fun writing, writing it. Uh, and it was a cool performance. This was an even cooler performance, so I'm going to be writing about that. Uh, before that, in the card, we saw Corey Anderson fighting Phil Davis. He went to a split decision, really didn't put full attention into this one, but I, I was combining during the fight that uh, both guys look like super janky on the feet. Uh, Corey Anderson obviously has like a way better process than Phil Davis on the feet. Like he has uh, the head movement, he has cleaner footwork, but he's still like, he's a, he's a bit goofy, you know? He's a bit goofy on the feet, and <laughs> Phil Davis is, is very goofy too, but, but as soon as these guys started wrestling, they had some cool exchanges. Um, yeah, Anderson pushed the wrestling first, but and he surprised Davis with a few takedowns, but Davis very good at working his way back to his feet. Um, and that surprised me because Phil did not kick a lot during this fight. And I think he should have, uh, he, he kicks, he's a decent kicker, very long with his kicks. And it would have been a good tool to use against Corey. Uh, guessing he was a bit scared about the takedown, but he was, Phil Davis was winning most scrambles. Uh, even though Corey was getting the, like the clean takedowns here with, uh, with good entries because he has these good transitions. Something that um, uh, Mark Henry fighters are very good at. But yeah, um, Phil Davis is like, doesn't have the, the the process of Corey Anderson, but I feel he has a better feel for fights. He was starting like catching Corey with the jab, especially in round two and three. Oh no, I, I, I saw it for Phil Davis. Uh, some people saw thought it was clear for Corey Anderson. I couldn't tell you to be sure. I got distracted during the fight, but there was some cool sequences there, especially like, uh, Phil Davis like turtling with wrist control to get up to his feet. I thought it was very slick, uh, very clean like um, ways to getting up against a, a guy that is very controlling and punishing from top position as Corey Anderson is. Obviously, Phil Davis as a as a collegiate wrestler, uh, he was uh, of a way higher level, but but it was still a good fight here. Corey here was game. He was implementing his game. Uh, Phil Davis. Still, like, looking good physically, uh, very athletic to this age. Phil Davis is 38 years old now. So, yeah, uh, did not watch the rest of the card. Uh, PFL, I did not watch as well. Uh, Larissa Pacheco got a knockout. Uh, Jorgen De Castro got bodied. <laughs> and, and, yeah, the main event had Maurice Green losing a decision. So, not a good day for the John Jones Avengers. Oh, F in the chat for the John Jones Avengers. Talking about that, John Jones was in the band. Uh, he had like a stare down with Francis. They talk shit to each other. Some people, some dumbasses 
are, are claiming that, oh, uh, Francis Ngannou now talks shit to John Jones now that he cannot fight him at PFL. And to those guys, I said, I say, shut the fuck up. Um, John Jones was talking the heavyweight division, saying he needed three years to bulk. Well, you know the story by this point. Let's let's not talk too much about that. I feel like I feel like if you do not side with Engano in this, you're a fucking shield for the UFC. And I I say this as the guy that watches every UFC event uh, because I covered them in my Twitter account and I uh, and I looked all the fights to to get content done for the site but but yeah i mean let's let's not side with the big corporation here don't do not be an idiot please and then the next day saturday had the ufc event that i did watch <laughs> in his wholeness it was vettori versus Cannoneer. uh main event uh vettori comes out pretty sharp out of the gate he was looking good uh, Canyonier starts the fight Salpo. I think the game plan was to get the calf kicks going against uh, Vettori, who is like pretty heavy on his on his left, uh, on his right, on his right uh, leg uh, because he's a Salpo. And Canyonier gets tagged fighting from from Salpo against Vettori. Vettori catches him with uh, with a straight left. He got some right hooks going on on the first round. Canyonier looked pretty hurt. Got hurt like. Two or three times, I think. But then from round two on, like Canyonier gets going, and it was like a good fight. And then Canyonier hurt him super bad. I think it was round two. <laughs> it was a crazy fight at the beginning. Then it settled down a little bit. But Canyonier set a set a record for most significant strikes in a middleweight bout. And Betori's volume was not that far behind, so it was a very action-packed fight. But Kanye from round two, Kanye took over big time. He looked super good. Betori has one of the best chins of all time. Like uh, Kanye for Kanye to be honest, uh, a better finisher. Like he can hurt anyone on the feet, but if he gets you to the ground, uh, ground and pound is he like his best way to finish fights. And Betori, to his credit, uh, was not that easy to. Uh, and Canyon is showing some takedowns down the line, but Vettori very good at getting up. I thought Vettori looked uh, good here, to be honest. I thought he looked like trash on his fight against Dolitze. Uh, watching this now, I think he was very worried about the the ground game on that one. And those guys are like sparring partners, uh, have been sparring partners in the past. So, you know, they, they those can get weird. Like Vettori maybe thought like, ah, I've been tapped by this guy before on the mats. Don't wanna, don't wanna get down and go there. So he felt like pretty concerned. Maybe uh, here he let it go. He looked pretty good, and Canyonier looked very, very good to be honest. He looked like maybe the second best guy on the division, maybe third because Whitaker still a thing. Whitaker beat both both of these guys, but yeah, Canyonier at 38 years old looking amazing to be honest, like. Very impressed by the performance, the adjustments, the cardio, the pace. Uh, yeah, I mean, Canyonier always a very sharp guy, technical. But I think it was like the big flaws in the past, like being low volume. Um, being low volume, lacking variety, like lacking big adjustments. And here he put it all together and he looked like a completely 
completely different fighter. I mean, with still the qualities that make him good. But yeah, man, very, very impressed for by by Jared on this one. I gotta give him to him. Uh, co-main event had Arman Sarukian versus Joaquim Neto BJJ Silva. Sarukian comes first round, wrestling, grinding, uh, does not get much going, to be honest, until the, like, the, the final, like, 30 seconds or so of the, of the first round where he's allowed some ground and he gets some damage going there. Then second round, Silva starts defending takedowns and getting up. So fight got interesting. Armand, very explosive, athletic, and strikes with a lot of confidence. I think those are very good qualities, but maybe not so because uh, Silva catches him with a with a right hand, I think, in a, during an exit, and rocks the shit out of Armand. Uh, Armand in all sort of trouble, but he has the peace of mind to to get a takedown there. So he got saved. Uh, I mean, Silva, Silva fucked up big time there. And then during the third round, Sarukian, very aggressive, starts putting a pace on Silva. Silva probably had like an adrenaline dump, never had that great of cardio to begin with, and gets the finish during the third round. Uh, Sarukian, obviously one of the most talented guys, interesting prospects. Uh, obviously, uh, a finished product by by this time. Uh, he's only 26 years old, but he's been fighting for eight plus years and has more than 20 professional fights. So yeah, I mean, this is what we what we're getting by Sarukian. I do not expect him to to get like way better than this. And obviously, this is very very good. But the flaws are there. Like some guys are saying, like, oh, Sarukian is going to walk past the division. I think there's a lot of matchups that are interesting to Sarukian. Now, for example, we have Benil Daruyush. Uh, obviously, Sarukian has the big, like, uh, athletic, uh, athleticism advantage, uh, the speed, and he has the cardio as well to grind that kind of fight, but also Daruyush can compete with him at kicking range. He can negate the wrestling. Uh, Sarukian wrestling looked very unimpressive as the fight went on. Uh, like, not bad, but he was, like, grinding a lot in the clinch, and in the clinch he was getting tagged with elbows and knees. Interesting to see how that plays against a better clinch fighter than Joaquin Silva. And the striking defense on the feet is, uh, is probably something to watch out for. I, I would be I would not be surprised if some strikers can beat Sarukin, especially guys with uh, better gas tank. I mean, Fisiev, would, I would say, very dangerous for him in the early going. Um, even I uh, like Dustin Porter. Like Dustin has never been finished by ground and pound. Um, he he stays safe during scrambles. Uh, he can defend something, and he's very dangerous in exchanges, as we all know. So, I mean, this gave us some new perspective on on Sarukian's ceiling. I think um, being champion of the division is not out of the question. Uh, as I'm saying, Sarukian, one of the most talented guys. Uh, has like a good process, has the gas tank to go very far, but obviously not invincible. And I'm not saying just because he got rocked, it was a lot of problems against a guy that was not on his level. That's something that he himself said uh, during the preview of the fight. Before that, we had Armin Petrosian fighting Christian Leroy Duncan. Petrosian was just pissing him up all the whole time. Duncan was trying his unorthodox stuff, and Petrosian was like, 
just kicking the shit out of his legs, the body, and landing punches upstairs. Uh, Duncan had a moment during the third round, but Petrosian you know, still got a takedown after that. Uh, Duncan continues the the sacred tradition of middleweights going for lat drops or sacrifice throws or whatever and end up on his back. This time, um, it was very funny because he didn't even like got like Petrosian on top of him. Like Petrosian just followed him to the ground because he felt <laughs> it was very embarrassing to be honest. But, but yeah, I mean, Duncan uh, still probably going to be trouble for a lot of the guys in the division just because he's so athletic and dynamic. But good for, good for Iron Petrosian here. Good win. But Sabatini beat the shit out of Lucas Almeida. Uh, Sabatini doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, controlling the, the wrist with his legs uh, from, from the right. Like, not like crucifix, but doing something similar to that. A lot of wrist control, cross wrist control. Like, you know, the stuff like MMA fans associate with, with the Gestani fighters. I think I heard during commentary that Sabatini has trained in Russia with Sambo guys. I'm not sure if 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 I'm right or not, but oh yeah, that that would make sense. And then he gets a nasty arm triangle choke during the second round. Like Almeida had nothing for him. To me, it looked like Almeida is a guy that drills a lot of like takedown defense, uh, like digging for underhooks against the cage and that kind of stuff. But when it got to like actual wrestling exchanges, I think like Almeida should probably get some go to some wrestling classes you know i'm not saying like he cannot wrestle but he looked very out of his depth more more than in the jiu-jitsu in the wrestling exchanges like sabatini like sabatini had answers to the underhooks and especially like tripping with the legs uh using leg entanglements to get uh, trips from the clinch and that kind of stuff and amelia did not have an answer for that it looked to me like he hadn't seen that kind of shit before. Uh, Manuel Torres and Ligolas Mota were banging. Uh, Mota hurt him pretty good at the early going and did not follow up at all. And then Manuel Torres lands just a rear elbow, like beautiful. Like, uh, and then in the in the post fight interview, they asked Torres, I don't know if this got, this got translated, but so basically Felder asked him like, there was something that you saw in him that told you to throw the elbow or something, and Manuel Torres went like, like, uh, oh no, I don't know. He was looking, he was looking good, you know. But but then I saw and I and I just threw an elbow. <laughs> so he just tried it and it worked. Uh, great, uh, Manuel Torres, uh, nicknamed the loco, the crazy one, and he looked insane on the on the post fight interview. Uh, to be honest, I did not like his fighting style during the fight, but very charming guy, to be honest. Uh, a, a cool dude. Uh, probably a, a good like action fighter addition to 155. Uh, Nicolas Dalby fought Muslim Salikov. Salikov looking very sharp early. Uh, he has beaten the shit out of Dalby, <laughs> to be honest. Then he got uh, kind of dropped. Like, uh, Dalby catches like a high kick and connects like Shin with the back of the head. I do not think Salikov was that hurt. Uh, he just like went went down because of the weight of Dalvi's leg. Uh, so I, I still thought Salikov won second round, but then Dalvi starts putting on a fucking pace on him. And Dalvi is nasty, dude. Uh, I do not enjoy his style a lot, but I gotta respect the, the fucking grind, the pace and 
and he like gets gets better as the fight gets going. Uh, he starts landing like at the, at the beginning of the fight, he's always like this karate point fighter, and then he just gets going with elbows, with takedowns, ground and pound. It was it was a mauling from second round on. So good for Dalby. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Dalby seems like a problem for a lot of guys at, at welterweight. Obviously, like not the top five, but he's pretty decent. Uh, very good test for prospects, I would say. Before that, Alessandro Costa fought Jimmy Flick. Costa beat the shit out of him. Uh, he started going with super hard uh, hooks to the body, especially the left hook, and then the calf kick. And then it was the calf kick that he was starting to find like the the be the greater success. And yeah, and the and the end he just drops Flick. Uh, I think with a uh, with a leg kick, or like Flick with a very hurt very a very hurt uh, leg goes to the ground in some exchange or something, and Costa just goes mad with elbows on the ground. Uh, very cool of Costa on the post fight interview to shout out the uh, Lovo Gym. Uh, where Alexa and Irene Aldana train, and he said like uh, like a lot of people talk trash about guys training with girls, but he said that his boxing has gotten a lot better thanks to Alexa and Irene, and I thought that was very cool, like because it his boxing did look very good. Uh, Costa, some of you may know, made his debut against Albasi on very short notice. I was I asked on Twitter. Some guys said like a week, uh, like thirteen days, something like that, and he did not look very impressive on that one. But here he looked like awesome. Um, um, I'm a fan, man. Before that, Kyun uh, Hokang, Mr. Perfect, fought Christian Quinones. Uh, Quinones comes out very aggressive, clips Kyun Hokang. Uh, they exchange against the cage. Kang catches him with a right hook to the temple. Uh, immediately takes like the back uh, on the feet, tries to close the rear naked choke. Uh, Quinones like escapes. Uh, uh, Mr. Perfect goes to his back and beautiful rear naked choke. The, the hand placement was like insane. He was trying to pop his head off, man. Uh, so yeah, cool. Kyuho Gang, you could argue that he has never lost a fight in the UFC, to be honest, like shit. I'm not I'm not saying conspiracy theories here, like just just look into it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a big fan of Kyung Ho Kang, like him a lot. Uh Ryan Ryan Wagner post uh, a highlight of uh, trips from the clinch by him on the on the Fight Side YouTube account. Check that shut that one out. Uh, before that we had Carlos Hernandez versus Dennis Pondering was very good fight. Uh both guys looked very sharp, especially Hernandez. Like the the hand speed was crazy, uh, both guys with good head movement and adjustment. But Carlos Hernandez like was laser focused during the second round. Uh, they had a kind of scramble. Hernandez ends up on his knees, and Bondar just like knees him in the head, like clean off. And the re it was at the end of the round too, so the, the ref decides to give his decision after the one minute break between rounds. That was weird. And then he decides to not take a point, and I thought that that was clearly a, you need to take a point there. Like, it was a very clear fault with a lot of consequences. Even if you think like the fighter lost control of his technique and wasn't intentional, you gotta control your techniques. And, and 
that made damage on Carlos Hernandez. So yeah, very, very mad that he did not take a point here. And then at the end of the third round, just as the fight was ending, uh, Hernandez goes with a combination, uh, grabs a body lock, gets trip, lands with his head next to the uh, Bondar head. That rocks him very bad, but he was still conscious. And then he goes mad with elbows, the fight gets stopped, and then they decide that it was uh, the headbutt that finished the fight. So they went to a technical decision with like one second left in the third round. It was, it was crazy stuff. Uh, at least Hernandez won. Uh, Hernandez looked very good here. Uh, he has a, fight, a fan in me f from now on. Uh, before that, we have a women's fight be between Teresa Bleda and Gabriela Fernandez. This one was the, the, boris, the, the most boring one of the night. Uh, not very interesting. Bleda just getting a lot of takedowns and not much going on, to be honest. Before that, Ronnie Lawrence fought Daniel Argueta. And Argeta has him like super deep in a front choke. Um, the referee, I, I think it was Keith Peterson, goes to... Ronnie's hands was in that position that it looks like he was about to tap, but he was not tapping like at all. Like he, the, the hand looked very... And he obviously was like in desperado mode because he was in a, in a, uh, in a choke. Uh, I've seen some people say that the, the show was not that deep. Uh, I would have to rewatch, to be honest. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ronnie's was the hand was in position to tap. He was not tapping. Uh, Kit Peterson does the thing that he grabs Ronnie's wrist to check out if he's conscious. Ronnie's, Ronnie immediately moves his hand, obviously indicating that he's still in the fight, and Kit Peterson still. Uh, stops the fight. Uh, very big fuck up. I mean, it can happen. I don't want to give Kit Peterson that much shit, but it was very dumb what he did here. It was. Uh, at the end of the fight, uh, was declared a no contest. Uh, yeah, that's the right call with what happened. Obviously, uh, we had uh, in the past one case where Drew Dover got a submission loss when he did not tap. I don't know that, who was the Brazilian guy, the fight was in Brazil, and he appealed for a, for for they to change the fight to a non-contest, and they did not, they denied the appeal, like insane stuff. So at least here they declare a no-contest, that's okay. And the opening fight, we have Modestas Bukowskas versus Zach Pauga. Pretty decent scrap for 205, to be honest. Uh, I thought Pauga was going to win the scorecards, even though I thought like Modestas won the fight. And Modestas won the fight, so good, good for the judges to get that right. So yeah, that was the event. Let's talk about some fight announcements. Sean Woodson will fight Steve Garcia on August 5th. Uh, pretty decent scrap. Uh, I'm expecting Woodson to beat the shit out of Garcia, to be honest, but, but Garcia can crack, so... Yeah, who knows? But but should be fun. Walter Cortez Acosta is good fighting Lucas Breski. I don't know why I did put this one on the list. Uh, do not care about this fight. Uh, Acosta probably going to win, by the way. 
Puna Helos Oriana was supposed to fight uh, Cedricus Dumas, the, the wife beater guy. Uh, Cody Brundage is on now, so hopefully Cody Brundage gets a guillotine shock on this one or a knockout. I mean, he can he can do both. Uh, but man, Dana White loved the domestic abusers, and we probably know why now. Uh, Cyril Gunn is fighting Sergei Spivak. I think this is very good matchmaking. Uh, obviously, Gunn needs to prove himself against a wrestler after the absolute shit performance he put on against John Jones. So yeah, I mean, interesting, good test, uh, good matchmaking. This fight is at f at this fight is in France, by the way. So yeah, uh, Max Holloway is going to fight the Korean Zombie, and um, man, I think I think this one is going to get ugly, like. We will be calling for a corner stoppage or something like that as the fight goes on because I'm expecting Max to beat the shit out of Korean Zombie from round two on. Uh, Corey Sanhagen will fight Umar Nurmagomedov. Very, very cool fight. August 5, uh, 2. Uh, very excited for this one. And man, Corey Sanhagen a beast. Like taking a taking a, on a good fighter that it's a lot a lot below him on the rankings. Um, so yeah, uh, this is Umar's moment to prove if he's the, like, the real deal, as some people are saying. And Corey here defending his position. Uh, he said it like he said it like it is. If I want to be world champion and I want to be the best of the world, I cannot be ducking guys. So I respect Corey Sanjaya so much for this. Uh, Felipe Bunes was supposed to fight Chagas Chumagulov, but now they have a replacement for this next week. Uh, Joshua Ban is in. Uh, let's hopefully Chumagulov can finally get his fight and he gets to fight with the with the Beatles haircut, please. <laughs> Andrea Lee will fight Natalia Silva. Very good matchmaking at flyweight. Uh, a good test for Silva at this stage, as Andrea Lee is physical. She's big. And she's competent everywhere, so interesting test for Natalia Silva. That's one of the most interesting prospects uh, at 125 right now. Geoff Neal will fight Ian Machado Gary. Great fight, to be honest. One of the best that you could make at 170. Uh, this is uh, happening at August 19th. Uh, UFC Boston. Yeah, very excited. Uh, I'm siding with Neal on this one, but maybe like Gary can frustrate him. At distance, who knows, man. Uh, hopefully Neil is recovered for his fight with with Rachmanov, but, but this one should be very good. Excited for this one. And Gary has been proving me wrong. I gotta admit that I thought when he made his debut, he was not UFC ready. And now he looks like one of the best fighters in the division. So good for him, good for him. Uh, Tucker Lutz will fight Melzik Bagdasarian. Uh, I'm feeling like a pretty easy win for Bagdasarian, but this one should be fun as well. Like, Tokyo Lots comes to bank, so this one should be exciting. Bruno Silva will fight Cody Durden, and this one is also interesting because, uh, like, you know, Durden, super grindy, grimy wrestler, but Bruno Silva, not easy to get that going against. Uh, he's stocky, he's powerful, and he has very good grappling and good wrestling of his own. I mean, he's a... A teammate of Henry Cejudo, he he trains with Albarazzini, uh, so high level wrestling coach. So yeah, I mean this one should be interesting. 
And finally, um, Elvis Brenner was supposed to fight uh, Jordan Levitt. And he's getting Guram Kutateladze, and I, that's brutal, man. And know not to talk shit on Jordan Levitt, I think he's an okay fighter. But, uh, man, Guram is a lot more dangerous than him. Um, Guram probably not making it to fight night, but if this goes on, I'm expecting Kutateladze to win. And win big and show why a lot of us think he's a very good fighter. So next week we have a PFL and we have UFC. Uh, so interesting stuff happening. We have uh, OAM, Olivier Aubin-Messier. He's fighting Anthony Romero in the main event. We have Sadi Busai, current welterweight champion. He's, he's fighting Shane Mitchell. Shane Burgos is going to see action against Yamato Nishikawa. So I'm probably going to tune up for that one. Magomed Magomed Kirimov is also fighting. Uh, he's fighting former UFC fighter David, uh, David Sawada. Umalatov is also fighting. Clay Cora is fighting Stevie Ray. Okay, that one. I'm interested in that one, to be honest. Uh, Nathan Schultz is fighting Hosh Manfio. Good scrap, I like. I mean, maybe not the most exciting, but fairly high level. And that's like what's interesting going on in that one and then we have ufc the main event is amazing josh emmett versus Ilya topuria very exciting match about 145 emmett clearly trying to bounce back from his loss against uh, jay rodriguez that was a very bad matchup for him um, but this one is not a bad matchup. I feel he's very dangerous for Topuria. Both guys of similar proportions. Uh, both guys like to like land huge shots in the pocket. Both guys good wrestlers. So yeah, I mean this is a huge test for Topuria. If Topuria like wins this one in impressive fashion, he just keeps proving that he's the real deal. Uh, and yeah, Nemeth, a uh, good fight to to bounce back from a brutal loss especially for the interim title that that gotta be hard on your on your psyche but yeah i mean great main event co-main is amanda hivas versus macy barber i mean that that's fine i guess uh i feel like hivas is clearly the better fighter but she's not very big for 125 and barber i mean barber also a former a former strawweight but she looks a lot bigger 125 she's very athletic should be a good fight to be honest as I said, I hope Cody Brundesh uh, beats Cedricus Dumas. Uh, we have Onama fighting Gabriel Santos, and that one should be... That one, that one's good. I, I did not have my eyes on that one, and that one is a good fight. Excited for that one. Brendan Allen is fighting Bruno Silva, and that's also like for, for middleweight. That's as good as it gets, to be honest. Uh, very good fight. Neil Magny is fighting Philip Rowe. Interesting to see how... Both guys deal with another guy as lanky as they are. Uh, Phil Rowe has looked pretty decent lately. Uh, he's a good striker. Uh, the, the wrestling gets very sketchy at times, but, but yeah. Uh, rooting for Rowe, to be honest on this one. I love a lot of people love Magni, but, but hopefully Philip Rowe get, gets it done. In my opinion, for me at least. Uh, Shumagulov's fighting Joshua Ban. I already talked about that. Justin Taffa is fighting Austin Lane. I don't know. I don't know who Austin Lane is. 
Randy Brown, the rude boy, is fighting Wellington Turman. Also, Turman is dropping to 170. Turman has looked pretty decent on his last few um, middleweight fights. So interesting to see how he looks at 170. Now, that one should be an okay fight. Matyosh Rebeki fights Loic Rajavov. I like heavyweight, like, you know, no comment. Tabata Rich is fighting Gillian Robertson. That one should be, that one should be okay. Um, Tabata Rich, I feel like a bit of a bad matchup for Gillian Robertson just because she's like a bit of a tank. She's, she's probably hard to take down and she's a good grappler herself. I'm rooting for Gillian Robertson here though. Uh, Trevor Peak, the guy that got that disgusting knockout with like hammer fist on the feet. I, I do not like that guy, but he's very, very powerful and athletic. He's fighting a guy called Chepe Mariscal. Um, yeah, no, don't know about him. Jamal Emers is fighting uh, Jack Jenkins, and that one should be pretty good. And the first fight of the fight is, is Tyra versus Clayton Rodriguez. Like, that one is fire. That one is... Uh, so, very excited about a few fights here. Uh, Tyra versus Rodriguez, obviously, that one. I'm having my... Man. Shumagulov is always in, in fun fights. Um, Brendan Allen versus Bruno Silva, Onama versus Santos, that should be fire, fire, and the main event. So that those are my recommendations for fights to, to keep an eye on during this weekend. I'll be traveling this weekend, so I'm not sure if I'll be doing my usual full card co cover of, covering of the fight, but I don't know, I'll try. I'll try to get some stuff going, uh, getting going. I'll get my article about Sergio Perry's performance against Patricio Pitbull. Look out for that during the week. And I guess that's the podcast. Before leaving, I want to remind you guys that the Eric Williams podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. X Marshall is a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products including rash guards, shorts, spat, keys, streetwear and training equipment. Use code the fight side to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight side all over cases, no spaces. The fight side for a 10% discount on your order. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at X Marshall Official. So thank you X Marshall for sponsoring the fight side. And if you guys want to personally sponsor the fight side, you can always support us on Patreon. Uh, you can get access to our Discord server, to, to a lot of exclusive content, especially like video analysis that we cannot put on YouTube, and also like alternate commentary, that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you all for your support. And I'll catch you guys on the next week. I'm Fenyo and I'm signing out.